want to go um, to John chapter 2. Wow. You know, you, you might be out there going, let's just keep that going. What do we got to... But, but remember, with these kind of atmospheres, these are, these are the kind of atmospheres that when you're a feeler like me, be careful because there's there is not a better atmosphere to sow the seed of God's word and uh, so as a pastor I got to feel that 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 moment of going and I could just sing all night and I don't really feel like pre- I preach four times I'm done I don't <laughs> watch the YouTube but I actually know how important these for you to be in that and let me just say I'll just say this, and it's not about it's not about us. You're just what just happened would be incredibly rare in the body of Christ in the West, and that's not that's not a um, that's not a criticism. It's just it's just rare to to be in the presence of the Lord like in this powerful of a way. So, um, so thank God that God's doing something in this church and. It's very sacred what's happening in our church right now. Don't if this if this is home for you, don't miss it. Don't miss what God's doing. It's very, very, very holy what's happening. And uh, God is preparing us for something really big. Um, we're we're beginning a new series entitled Signs. Everyone say miracles, signs, and wonders. The, uh, the, the book of John has eight miraculous signs. And that's what John called them. He called them signs. He didn't call them miracles. He called them signs. Because a sign is pointing to something greater than itself. You know, you don't, you don't find a billboard on the freeway uh, of the wind and park there and say you're at the wind. You're, you're at a sign pointing to the wind, but you're not at the wind. Wouldn't, you wouldn't be there and say, man, I, I don't know, this is kind of disappointing. I, my room is trash, you know, I, there's no restaurants, no pool. No, it's just a sign. Jesus does these eight miraculous signs in John that are pointing to something greater. And what it's pointing to is to Christ. And so it's very, it's very important. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is God, always has been God, always will be God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God, and the Word was God. This is very important and very powerful. It goes on to say in verse 14 that that word became flesh, dwelt among men, and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. And so if you want to know what God is like, if you want to know how God thinks, if you want to know how God feels about things. If you if you want to understand the personality of God, the best place to go is the book of John because the book of John is the, is the clearest picture of Christ and Christ is the clearest picture of God. If, if you've been around here, you know that I like to say Jesus is God with a face. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, you can see God in the face of Christ. Fully God, fully man full of grace and full of truth. And John would tell us in John chapter 2 that the signs reveal his glory. 
and his glory and your glory is the truest essence of who you are. The glory of something is the truest essence of of who a person is or a thing is. So like the glory of an apple tree is an apple. That's why we give God glory. We give him the, the truest part of who we are. We give him our worship. We give him our praise. We give him our gifting. We give him, we give him our glory. We have glory, but, but humans were never meant to carry glory. We were meant to give glory. And that's why we crown him glory. So a sign is a miracle that teaches us a lesson. It should not only amaze us, it should instruct us. So, so when, we, when we read about these signs, we're going to do this for eight weeks. For eight weeks, we're going to look at the eight different signs of John. Um, for, for, for these, we're, we're not to just look at them and like applaud, wow, that's cool. No, we're, we're to see them and then learn from them, be instructed by them, and then receive them for our own life. I'm just going to say one more thing about this series, and then, and then we'll get into it. Um, the purpose of this series is not to just see truths from Scripture and give little spiritual ideas from it or little life lessons from it. We're, we're truly believing that over the next eight weeks, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see answers to prayer. Come on, somebody. We're going to see relationships restored. We're going to see bodies healed. We're going to see financial provision. We're going to see jobs and better jobs. We're going to see promotions. We're going to see dreams. Come. We're, we're going to see miracles. So this is not like, these aren't going to be like cute principles. We're truly believing for miracles. And just so you know that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this summer and he said, Jabin, this is going to be a summer of salvation. And as, as he spoke that to me, I know that this series is going to be a setup. We got a lot of S's here for the summer of salvation I'm not meaning to do this but I believe this series is going to prepare us for just hundreds and hundreds of souls that are going to come into our church this summer we're not going to have a summer slump we're going to have a summer of salvation we're going to see people come to Christ like never before so we're going to look at the first sign okay I got to get off these S's but I just can't we're going to look at the first miracle the first sign and it's right here in John chapter 2 verse 1 on the third day a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee Jesus mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding and when the wine was gone when the wine had run out Jesus mother said to him they have no more wine why do you involve me Jesus replied my hour has not yet come and his mother said to the servants do whatever he tells you Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 and 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill your jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. I just love that. I'm just telling you, obedience is so underrated. (laughs) It's just so underrated. Like our life would just be so much better if we would just do so. If God would just speak to us and we would just do it, like 90% of your problems would just poof, gone. Doesn't mean you'd be problem free. It just means a lot of the self-inflicting junk we put on ourselves would just go away. And the master of the banquet, basically the master of the banquet was just like kind of the wealthiest, most powerful person in the room. And so um, they, they had the place of, of honor. He said to the servants, um, 
He did not realize where it came from, excuse me, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And he called to the bridegroom, that's the husband, he called to the husband and said, everyone brings out the choice wine at first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. You've saved the best for last. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I want to talk about water to wine. Water to wine. I'm believing that not only in this talk, but I'm believing over the next eight weeks, God is, God is going to turn water into wine. I, I, I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do. Father, I pray you speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. I'm just going to give you a few truths tonight. I don't want you to get lost in your notes tonight. Um, we're a note-taking church, and we're a teaching church, but this series is going to be a little more preaching. And so I don't, want you, I don't want you here and you miss here, okay? So maybe listen this week and take some notes. But right now, just open up your heart and open up your mouth with an amen and a yes. And let's have a little bit of church, okay? Okay. <laughs> And then we'll take notes this week. Praise the Lord. I'll email you my notes. I don't care. We'll get you, we'll get you the notes. But I, I don't, I don't want to go here. I want to go here. And I want to experience this. Amen? Water to wine. And so here's the first thing I want to tell you, that this is the day. This is the day. Here's what's amazing about it. Jesus says, fill these, fill these jars with water. And, and we don't know, and I think it's on purpose, we don't know when the water turns to wine. Did it, did it happen in the pouring? Did it happen in the filling? Did it, did it happen in the drawing? Did it happen in the walking? Did it happen in the drinking? We don't know. And, and you don't know, and I don't know, and theologians don't know. And I think that's good. I think God purposely did not tell us when, because you never know when God might just turn water into wine. You never know what church service. You never know what worship song. You never know what, what Bible reading you're going to be going through. You never know what devotional you're reading or what sermon you're listening to. That, that something supernatural happens, that God supernaturally intervenes in your life. And so I'm constantly leaning in and pressing in and believing God because you just never know when favor is going to find you, when elevation is going to find you, when water is going to turn into wine, when, when healing is going to happen, when breakthrough is going to happen. I just want you to open your heart today to today, that, that this is the day. The psalmist said it like this, this is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice. Why can I rejoice? Because the devil didn't make today, and you didn't think of today. This is the day the Lord has made. So I will rejoice, I will be glad in it, because I believe God's doing something today. And now John, this old man, probably in his 90s, is, is penning the book of John in the, in the end of his life, and he makes this little comment that this miracle happens on the third day. John is a theologian. Uh, John is a Jewish historian. John is an Old Testament scholar. So everything that John writes is on purpose. He's not just making, you know, he's not just writing like just kind of accidentally. He's, he's giving us, if I was talking to my little five-year-old Goldie, I'd say, he's giving us blues clues. <laughs> he's giving us little ideas. He's giving us little prophetic clues of, of what God was doing in Christ. And so he says, this happened on the third day. 
Now, this is important because if you know your Bible, you know that Hosea in the Old Testament prophesied that God was going to heal us on the third day, that God was going to cause us to live on the third day, that on the first day and on the second day we'll be broken and we'll be wounded and we'll be under judgment. But on the third day, the Messiah would come and he would heal our wounds and he would raise us back to life. And so when John says Jesus is doing his first... Man, I feel the anointing right now. Woo, I'm like... Just trying to do this in English and not in tongues right now because I am like, ah, chill bumps. <laughs> He's communicating that Jesus is the third day Messiah. That, we, that when you come into Christ, you come into the third day. You're coming into healing. You're coming into resurrection. You're coming into supernatural life. He's, he's making the point, and he's wanting you to catch it. This is our new life in Christ. This is the water to wine life. This is the resurrection life. And let me just take you on a really quick Bible study. Amazing things in Scripture happen on the third day. I'll just give you a few. In Joshua chapter 3, the Bible says that it was on the third day that the children of Israel transitioned out of the wilderness and into the promised land. Out of wandering and into inheriting. Out of manna and into sowing and reaping. Out of tents and into cities they weren't going to have to build. And, and out of, of just believing God every day for their bare needs to now a land flowing with milk and honey. From a land of just enough to a land of more than enough. God takes them on the third day out of one season into a new season, out of one land into a new land. It was a, it was a picture of transition. It was a picture of inheritance. It happens on the third day. Genesis chapter 22. The Bible said that on the third day, Abraham takes Isaac up to the mountain. And on the mountain where they're going to offer the sacrifice unto God, God provides a ram in the thicket, a ram in the tree. To die in the place of Isaac. This is a picture of Christ. That when we should have died, when we should have been on the cross, when we, when we should have been the sacrifice, our sacrifice wouldn't have been enough. So God provided a sacrifice in the thicket, in the tree, on the cross. It is Jesus. And it was there, by the way, we just sang, Jireh, you're enough. It was on the third day that Abraham cries out, this place is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, is my provider. God reveals his provision on the third day, Exodus chapter 19, Moses goes up onto the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, on the third day and sees the glory and the goodness of God. Genesis chapter 42, Joseph is now reconnected with his brothers. They sold him off into slavery. They hated him. They wanted him dead. God elevates Joseph to the highest place of power in all of Egypt. He sees his brothers and he could have killed them, and he could have judged them, and he could have poured out wrath on them, and he could have humiliated them. But instead, he covered them. He showed them grace and mercy, and he gave them all that they would need to be sustained through the famine. The brother that was rejected by his brothers now shows grace to his brothers. And in the same way, John chapter 1 says that his own received him not. And when Christ could have rejected us, when Christ could have judged us, when Christ could have killed us, instead he showed us grace. He showed us mercy. He gave us provision. He covered us. When he could have killed us, he covered us. When he could have judged us, he gave us mercy. It happened on the third day. I'll give you one more since that one wasn't very impressive. 1 Corinthians 15 says that on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose, we rise. And because he's alive, we are 
alive in God. Amazing things happen on the third day. This water to wine miracle shows us that he is moving us from the wilderness to the promised land. Shows us his provision. Shows us who he is. Shows us the grace that he would give his people. Shows us his resurrection power. He is showing us that it has been one way, but it's going to be another way. It's been water, but now it's going to be wine. It's been natural, now it's going to be supernatural because wine always speaks of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. From law to grace. And notice how he does it. He says, take the jars that are used for ceremonial cleansing. 30-gallon jar. These are huge. Because when we hear jar, we like think of maybe a little mason jar. 30 gallons. Okay, so like if, if you've ever been to Lowe's or, or Home Depot, you've seen the five-gallon buckets. That's, think of 30 gallons. These are big, y'all. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, this is, this is 180 gallons of wine is what, is what they estimate. That's a lot of wine. <laughs> and, he, and he says, I want you to take from there. Now, now notice this. This was ceremonial cleansing. Here, here's what this meant. As Jewish people, they would have entered into a house and they would have actually had a, a ritual on how to cleanse themselves before they would eat. So you can study this. It's really interesting. It's all religion and it's just all, it's all, it's all religious theater. But they would put their hands in the water and they would move certain ways and they'd move within their hands. And, you know, they weren't afraid of COVID. They were just trying to show how spiritual they were and they knew all the all the ways. And then they would wash their face and then they would wash their feet. They looked clean. <laughs> they looked righteous. They looked the part. But it was all outward righteousness. It wasn't inward. It, it, it was religious theater. It wasn't heart transformation. Uh, uh, we, we got a girl on our staff, Eve. She's amazing. And um, she, she's, she's all tatted up, and so is Brandon. He's all tatted up. And so they were on stage, and these, these people got really upset on a Sunday. And they go, I just can't. I mean, maybe we should just have them put on some long sleeves because, you know, with the tattoos and the maybe too many earrings. Maybe, you know, Brandon's wearing a hat. I don't know. It's just, homie, you are the person we are trying to get to leave our church. <laughs> we need your seat. Is everybody welcome at City Light? Not that person. Because <laughs> if you're worried about a couple of cute tattoos and a couple of cool tattoos, and if you're worried about a ball cap, you're just in the wrong church, dog. Why, is, why isn't the pastor wearing a suit? Because they're uncomfortable. That's why. And you're not wearing a suit? <laughs> so why do I got to wear a suit? You know, when we first started the church, I'd wear a sport coat every Sunday. I looked nice every Sunday. And I finally figured out about six months in, I looked down and I said, nobody is wearing a sport. I am done with this. Trash. See, it's all, out, it's all religious theater. It, you look the part. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. But there's no soul transformation. It's not about the outside. It's about the heart. It's not about the earrings. It's about are you listening to God? It's not about what's on your skin. It's about what's going on in your soul. So he takes this religious ritual and he says, I want that to become wine. Because now you're not going to wash with it. You're going to consume it. 
You're going to go from, from outside in to inside out. You're going to go from religious ritual that looks the part, and now you're going to be inebriated. You're going to be filled with joy. You're going to be filled on the inside. You're going to be transformed on the inside. I'm going to change you from the inside out. I don't care if you look the part. I don't care if you follow all the ceremonies. I don't care if you know all the words to the song. That's not what it's about. It's about a soul transformation on the inside. We got we to be changed on the inside. From religious righteousness to inward transformation. Real righteousness. I just want you to know that the reason I preach like I preach and the reason I scream like and the reason I was crying, it's not, I'm not just crying because I'm a Mexican and I'm emotional. <laughs> Any Hispanics in the room just, ay Dios mío, ay, 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 Feel the anointing like when I was a kid in the iglesia. That's not what this is. I, I drank the I drank the I didn't drink the Kool-Aid, I drank the wine. I've been transformed by the power of God. I just want you to know I am not some little Christian TED talker. I'm not, we're, we're not trying to be the best Christian karaoke in town to have the biggest church in town. I'm not trying to be the best communicator to take other Christians from other churches into this. I have been radically changed by the, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I drink the wine. <laughs> I'm not saying I got it all together, but God's changed my heart. And I shout like I shout, and I preach like I preach, and I sing like I sing, and I dance like I dance, and I clap like I clap. Because I drink the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And I'll never be the same. And you'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Anybody else had that wine? I am so tired of this mic. I'm going to take it off. Okay. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. So I just want you to, you know, Jamin's getting fired up. Jamin's yelling again. It's not that. I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't. I can't stay quiet. And, and I'm not, I don't want amens and I don't, you know, we, we say things like this. We, we want an amen in the room. We want a yes in the room. It's about agreement. It's not that I'm some insecure person who, who needs the validate. That's not what it is. I believe that when we come together and we say amen to God's word and we sing God's praises and we, and we shout the name of Jesus, I believe there's power in that. There's, there's agreement in that. And God said wherever there's agreement, wherever there's unity, he said I'll pour out the blessing. So I'm telling you, if, if we're like this, saying amen, that's going to do a lot more than. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging you, but we're probably just not going to see anything great happen in the room. I'm just telling you. Just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. mm. Those donuts are going to be fresh. I hope they're going to be fresh. For the... <laughs> I saw that donut truck. I, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> But, but, if, but if we can get a yes, if we can get an amen, if we can get a come on, preach, something's going to happen in the room. All right, all right, all right. Number two, number two, your faith moves God. Your faith moves God. Your faith moves God. Here, here's what I want you to understand. The, the wine runs out and Jesus does nothing. See, Jesus has compassion for our need. 
but he's not moved by need. If he was moved by need, there would be no more needs. He's moved by faith. So the wine runs out and he's chilling. But it was Mary's faith that put a demand on the power of God. And she walks up to her son, Jesus Christ, and she says, the wine's run out. Now, I don't know if you can picture this, but like the way she words it, I got to use my sanctified imagination, but it was almost like she went, uh, we had plenty of wine until your 12 homeboys showed up. (laughs) Like we were good until your guys so, so the wine ran out. This is, your, this is kind of your problem. And there's Judas like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Peter's whole lips are just purple from red wine. You know, he's just like, oh, it wasn't me, Lord, you know. <laughs> so she goes, the wine's run out. His response, now, now just, watch, just see the tension. Because I love watching people argue in public. It's the best. My, my wife and I went on a romantic date Wednesday night, just the two of us. We didn't say a word to each other. We just stared at this couple fighting. They put us at this table at the bar, and this couple was at the bar, at the actual bar. And, I mean, she says, you blankety blank, blank, And we were just like, who's great? <laughs> Shannon's, like, filming it. I mean, it was like, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> There's a reason you have a close friends option on the Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, uh, take that off the edit. Um, so... So, so there's this, t- he goes, this is not my time. And there's these servants that are just sitting there. They're just standing there just like, oh, my gosh, okay, what do we do? And then she just looks at them and goes, hey, so whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And then she just walks off. <laughs> so now here's the moment. See, because Jesus would say in John chapter 5, I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. Because when he came in the flesh, he submitted himself to God the Father. They are equal in every way. But for the purpose of the, of the gospel and the purpose of the cross, he submitted to the Father. So he said, I don't do anything without the Father's leading and direction. And so, so she tells him, and she tells the servant, she walks away, and now the servants are just standing there. And I believe in that moment, Jesus would have had a sacred moment of prayer. All right, Father. Is this it? Is the ministry going to begin? Will this be the first miracle? Because Jesus knows the moment he begins his miraculous ministry, that countdown to the cross begins. Is this it? And I could almost imagine the father whispering back to the son, this is it. Her faith has moved me. And then he looks at the servants and he says, all right. Go gather. Go gather vessels. Wow. She knew where to go when she needed a miracle. And I just want to tell you, you got to know where to go when you need a miracle. And you got to go to Jesus. And and you got to go back to Jesus and back to Jesus. And and let me just tell you something. On the the journey of your life, if you follow Christ long enough, you've either needed a miracle, you currently need a miracle, or you will need a miracle. And that doesn't turn God off, and that doesn't mean you have a lack of faith. It just means I'm, I'm, I'm here again where the wine has run out, and I don't have enough. But, God, I know that you have more than enough. Yeah. 
So he tells the servants, fill the pots with water. Now just notice this. Fill the pots with water. What? No, we need wine. We don't need water. Hello. Not even like go gather grapes. We need wine. Fill the pots with water. We, I, just like, you're missing it here. <laughs> See, if she would have said we need wine and he would have said, go check the wine jugs, they're full. There's no faith involved. <laughs> Even if you would have said, go gather grapes, there, there's a little bit of faith involved, but, but gathering water is ridiculous. It makes no sense. And when you ask God for a miracle, he usually gives you a ridiculous instruction that messes with your intellect. Jamie, you need to pray for my wife, man. She's crazy. Our marriage is, I mean, they're just crazy. Have you, have you tried counseling? No, no, no. We don't need counseling. She's crazy. Man, we need a financial breakthrough, man. We need, man, do you tithe? No, 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 That's Old Testament. We don't do that. But we need a financial breakthrough. Okay, well, wow. Okay. And pray for my kids, man. They're great, man. They're just, uh, do, they, do they come to church? Do you bring them to the city youth? Do you? No, 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 man. They're, they would claw my eyes out if I tried to get them to church. I just, there's no way, man. There's no way I could. You got to obey the instruction. And every time we ask God for a miracle, he responds with an instruction. God doesn't respond to miracle prayers with miracles. He responds to miracle prayers with instructions. And he says to the servants, because everything he does, he does through his servants. Everything God does in the earth, he does through his people. Everything God does in this city will be done through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to be willing. And he says, fill the water pots with water. And notice what they do. They fill to the brim. I just want you to catch that. They could have just thrown a gallon in. Is that enough? They could have went half-hearted, filled it halfway. Is that, is that enough? No, no, no. They go to the brim. There's something about going all in with God. Some of y'all got one toe in. But you got another toe over here. <laughs> Some of you got one foot in the kingdom, but you're still one foot over here. And you're <laughs> hokey pokey, somebody. Said, Who is this? Jesus, help me, JR. <laughs> and you're wondering why you're spiritually miserable, and you're wondering why you're spiritually defeated, and you're wondering, and you're wondering why you're spiritually exhausted because, because you weren't meant to be a double. The Bible said, James said, a double minded man, they can't stand. They're going to be caught off on every wind of doctrine. They're going to be this way this time and this way another time. And, and, this, and you're going to go to this church one month and this church another month and that church another month. And you're always going to be looking for the hottest and the freshest thing because th you think what you need is the best new whatever. But what you really need is just to go all in and fill the water pot all the way to the top. And half-hearted people are always miserable. They're just always miserable. So they, so they fill it to the top, and Jesus responds to her faith and to their faith. And I want you to notice that. He responds to her faith. He doesn't respond to their natural relationship. He doesn't respond to her because she's his mother. Notice this. He did not respond to her because of her ethnicity, her bloodline, or her gender. 
He responded to her because of her faith. This is very important because some of you feel like, man, I'm from the wrong family. I come from the wrong background. I, I come from, I've come from the wrong this and from the wrong that, and there's so much stacked against me. No, no, no. Your faith can move God. You're, you might feel like you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. You might feel like you come from the wrong family tree. You might feel like, like there are so many things that have, that, are, that have been against you for so long, but, but your faith. God responds to, he doesn't look at me and say, well, I'll do this because he's a preacher. I'll do this because he's a man. Or I'll do this because his parents are Christians. Or I'll, or I'll do this because, uh, no, no, no. God responds to me solely on my faith. And solely on your faith. This is good news because it means that God does not judge us by the outward, but he judges by our faith. There are two people in the scripture that God gives the title, they have great faith great faith. Jesus said of two people, they have great faith. Neither of them were Jewish. And he says this, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. You got to You got to catch this. He said, of all the faith that I've seen in Israel, I've never seen faith like this. Because those people, most of them, because they were religious and because they came from the right bloodline, they would have had faith in their faith, faith in their own righteousness, faith in their ethnicity, faith in, well, my, my father is Abraham. And Jesus would say, no, your father's actually the devil. But of two people that were Gentile, and that's really good news for probably 99.99% of the people in this room, including me, he would look at Gentiles and go, y'all have great faith. Because your faith isn't in your background and your faith is not in your ethnicity and your faith is not in the laws and your faith is not in your faith and your faith is not in your faithfulness. Your faith is in me. That is great faith. That faith honors me. And every time we step out in faith, we honor God and God will always honor our faith. Now, I'm almost done. So she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Faith is doing whatever he is saying. Don't miss this. You don't muster up faith. You don't stir up faith in your emotions. Faith is not trying. Faith is not, ah. Faith is not looking like you're constipated. Just, ah. Is this it? Am I miserable enough? Now do I have faith? That's not faith. Faith is doing what he's saying. That means that faith is impossible without a word. <laughs> That's why I had to preach tonight. Because our praise was released in the worship. But now our faith is released in the preaching of the word. Because Romans 10 says that that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jabin, I'm lacking faith. Then you need a word. How do I get a word? You go to the word. <laughs> so I go to the word. I get under anointed Bible preaching. I get in church. I'll be honest with you. I'm shocked that like some of y'all, you only come to one service a week. I'll just be honest with you. Y'all need to come to two services a week. Because you're getting annihilated out there and assaulted out there. You ought to just come in the morning and in the evening. You trying to bump the numbers? I'm actually not. I don't know. I don't even know how many people came to church. I would not know. 
I don't know, I don't know what, the month, what the giving was. I don't know anything. I really don't. I'm in oblivion. You, you got to come under the influence of the word. There, there's something powerful about it. And so I come under the word. I get an instruction. The instruction and the word releases my faith. And now that I have faith, I can receive the miraculous. Faith is hearing God and obeying God. Nothing more, nothing less. If you're lacking faith, you need a word. So he gives them the word. He says, fill the pots. They fill the pots. And here's the last thing I want to tell you. Is the, let me just have the keys come up. I preached too long, but I'm almost done. Jesus can do a quick work. Jesus can do a quick work. Jesus can do a quick work. They drink the wine, and here's what they say of this wine. You have saved the best wine till now. It's said that from the time you plant a grape seed in the ground to the time you can get your first bottle of wine, it is a minimum of seven years. But if you want a best wine or a vintage wine, the, the best wine... It takes a minimum of 10 years. So this is part of the miraculous. That what, what should take years, Jesus can do in seconds. He can do a quick work. He, he, he has authority over time. That's why Joshua would pray and ask for the sun to stand still and God would stop it because he has authority over time. That's how he can turn water into 10-year-old wine in seconds because he has authority over time. And, and because we're religious, we think to ourselves, well, I've made 10 years of mistakes. It's gonna, I'm going to need 10 years of restoration. Nope, uh-uh. Well, something terrible happened five years ago and I'm, I'm going to have to recover over the next five. Nope. God can restore. Well, man, I, you know, I, I, a lot happened to me back when in my childhood, and I guess I'm just going to have to live with this trauma forever, and I guess I'm never... No, God can restore. Because, because here's what God says in the book of Joel chapter 2. I will restore the years that the enemy stole. I'll restore the years. I feel something happening right now. And I got good news for you. I got good news for you. I hope you're ready for it. When God restores, He never restores to the original condition. He said, when I catch a thief, I make him pay you back. Not what he stole, but I make him pay you back seven times. When God restores you, He doesn't give you the cheap wine. He gives you the best wine. And, and here's what I want you to see, because as, as, as Christians, we think that God and the devil are on the same level. So we go, well, look what, all the, look what the devil's done in the last two years to, to, to the world. Look what the devil's done the last two years to the body of Christ. Look at what the devil has done to, to the church over the last two years. I guess God over the next two years, no, 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 no. What took the devil two years, God can restore in two seconds. What, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm telling you, 
God can multiply it. God can give it back to you. God can give it back sevenfold. And no matter what you faced over the last two years, the depression you felt, the fear you felt, the anxiety you felt, God can give it back. And He's going to turn your water into wine in the name of Jesus. Take me to church. Hey! And, I, and you got to know this. You got to know this. You got to know this. you're going but you can't preach this way because have you seen gas prices and and you can't preach this way there's wars and there's rumors of wars and and you can't preach this way there's gender confusion all over our nation and you can't preach this way because because of the interest rate can I tell you something if God provided for you at two bucks a gallon he will provide for you at seven dollars a gallon and if he provided for you at a 2.5 interest rate he'll provide for us at a 10 interest rate and if he provided when there was peace he'll provide when there's war Our God specializes in the famine. He provided for Abraham in the famine, Isaac in the famine, Elijah and Elisha in the famine, and he will provide for us. I don't care who's in the White House, we're in God's house. I don't care who's ruling the nations, we're in the kingdom of God. We operate at a different level and in a different space and in a different place. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm oblivious to what's happening. It doesn't mean that I like what's happening. But here's what it does mean. When we enter 2022, look up at that little cute light. I love that. Shout out to Anthony for doing that for me. I, I declared we were going we to enter into an open heaven this year. Now, see, y'all clapping, y'all shout, but I knew what that meant. I knew what the Lord was telling me was as, as the heavens are brass over nations, God was going to have to open the heavens over us. And I just want to tell you something. We're under judgment. We are. We are. America's under judgment. How can we not be? And God's hand continues to lift off of the West because of our rebellion and because of our sin and because of our, of our rejection of God's righteousness. And can I tell you, though, in the midst of it, though the plagues touched Egypt, the Bible says they would not touch the people of God in Goshen, that even though there was no rain, over the wicked nations of the world. We're in a different nation. We're under an open heaven. We're under the almighty hand of God. And even if we go into a famine like Elijah, God will send ravens to feed us. And even if there's food supply issues, God will make sure we're well fed. And the dollar might collapse and God will make another way for us. Because I'm just telling you, And I know it's a little turbulent right now, but listen, I've been on airplanes that have been very turbulent. And I've never thought to myself at 40,000 feet, maybe I should jump. I buckle up and I trust the captain. Can I tell you something? The wine of this world has run out. It's bankrupt. The sexual revolution has run out. It's bankrupt. I believe the devil has overplayed his hand. I believe he's pushed too hard too fast in the last two years. And I believe the church is waking up to this. And they're saying, you're not going to have my kids. Hey! 
Your daughters will be girls and your sons will be boys and they will not be confused and they will not be influenced by hell and they will not be influenced by Disney and they will not be influenced by the confusion of these people. And I believe right when the devil thought there's enough fear and enough anxiety, I think we can push these agendas through. I think the church is going, wait a minute, wait a minute. This wine is run out. I am done drinking of this wine. I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with the systems of the world. I need the new wine of God. I need the new wine of the Holy Spirit. What we need is not what the world, I don't hate the world. I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. But I will not continue to drink. The wine I'm talking about, you can't get at Lee's. And you can't get a Buffalo Wild Wings. Dear God, I wouldn't recommend wine from Buffalo Wild Wings. And you can't get it from the finest restaurants on the strip. The wine I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit of the living God. It's supernatural. It's real. And don't roll your eyes at me and think I'm trying to be some Republican something. That's, you better get out of this political system. We got to get past that. We're fighting for a generation. We're fighting for our children. You got to know that. You got to know that. I don't know where all that came from. That was... God can make a way for you. And God is going to take care of our kids. And God is going to protect our children. God is going to fill our children with the Holy Spirit. And our children will not be confused. And there's a plan for Gen Z. And there's a plan for Gen Gen Alpha. And there's a plan for the children that are coming. I feel that so strong but I'm just telling you if you're worried about your kids you don't need to be worried but we got to get them on the new wine (laughs) we got to get them in God's presence we got to get them in God's house we got to get them under the influence of God's word so that so that they have a a sense of something real that is what this world can offer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just everybody stand with me. Lift your hands with me. Father, we thank you that today water is turning to wine. I thank you today that sickness is turning into healing. Bondage is turning into freedom. Fear is turning into courage. Worry is turning into supernatural faith. We are done settling for the wine of this world, the spirit of this world, the, the culture of this world. We're, we're not judging it. We don't, we don't hate those who are a part of it, but we just, we're, we're done with that because that wine has run out. asking you to turn our water into wine today. We're asking for a fresh filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We're asking for the courage to 
walk with you and trust you and follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God, we worship you. And we thank you. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I know there's people in the room, you're, you're not a follower of Christ. And you might be thinking to yourself, what have I, what have I walked into today? I just want to tell you this. This is God's house and God has a great plan for your life. And if you're far from the Lord today, if maybe you are not walking with Jesus or maybe you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you that opportunity even right now to just say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from God and you know today that that wine has run out. And it's time to come home. Would you pray with me? Everyone out loud together say, Jesus, I believe in you you died for me I believe you rose again I give you my life and I declare Jesus is Lord of my life just no one moving no one looking around but if that's you right now you say Javen I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm rededicating my life to Christ if that's you on the count of three I'm going to ask you to raise your hand high enough and long enough just for me to acknowledge I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to make a show of you, but you know who you are. I'm giving my life to Christ, rededicating my life to Christ. I just, I just want to acknowledge you in this moment. One, two, and three. Can I see your hand? I see your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you right here, beautiful. I see you. 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 All over. All over. Hands all over. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wonderful. Lord, seal this word in Jesus' name. Anybody ready for this series?